said we're going to start a brand new series today, and the brand new series is called Good Old Abe. Good Old Abe. How many of you have ever seen someone or looked at someone from a distance and you think, wow, that person has got it all together? Yeah? That person's got it all together. Maybe, you know, they, you look at their family life and you think, wow, if I could just be a parent like they're a parent, if my kids could behave like their kids behave. Or maybe you look at just their house and you think, wow, if I could keep my house as neat and tidy as those people, they just got it all together. Or you look at their job or you look at, you know, the cars they drive or the food they eat and the exercise that they do at like five in the morning, getting up, going for a run, even on a cold morning like this. You think, that person has got it all together. Well, I've got news for you. I don't think anybody has got it all together. I think all of us have got a few little issues and some of us are a little messed up in some areas. And uh, there's somebody in the Bible that if I look at his story and I, I look at what I learned when I was a kid and I went to Sunday school, I think, wow, this guy has got it all together. He, he's just got all his ducks in a row. You know, he's, he's got all his lists. He's planned everything out. And there's just no mess in his life at all. This guy has gone down in history as one of the greatest men to ever walk this planet. And you think, wow, he has got it all together. But when you take a closer look at his life, you suddenly realize what looks good on the outside isn't so good on the inside. And where it looks like from a distance this guy is just perfect, when you get up close, there's some cracks. It's kind of like looking at the old movies in like standard definition. All these movie stars look beautiful and like handsome. And then suddenly high definition came out. And you start realizing, wow, their skin isn't as good. Or, you know, they're not as handsome or pretty as what we thought. And this is kind of Abraham. So we're going to look at Abraham's life through kind of like a high def resolution camera. And realize that his life isn't as good as what we thought. But even though his life may be not as good as what we thought, there's so many lessons that we can learn in life about, uh, about our lives through the life of this man. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the life of this man, and he is, he is a character. I'm telling you, some of the things that we are going to look at, you're going to think, what? What was he smoking? You know, I mean, you're going to think, what on earth was this guy on? But, uh, so his name is Abe. And I'm not talking about Abraham Lincoln, you know, and you probably thought, good old Abe, wow, we're going to talk about Abraham Lincoln. No, we're going to talk about the other Abraham, the one that came before him. His name was Father Abraham. And uh, he's a hero of, of many of the world's religions today. He is the, the, the father of the Jewish faith. And because he's the father of the Jewish faith, he's also the forefather of our faith, Christianity. But also there's other religions in the world um, like, uh, like Islam that believe that he is actually the forefather of their religion as well. So this guy, there's a lot of people claiming that he's the father of, of, of their faith. But we're going to look at his faith to, uh, throughout these next several weeks and we're going to look at how his life matches up with our lives and how his life is something that we can all attain and we can all, all be like. If you've got your Bibles today, we're going to be looking at two scriptures, two different passages of scriptures. One's in Hebrews 11, and the other one is in Genesis chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles today, if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, 
And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. The key words there is that it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. You know, I think it's impossible for us humans to live a sinless life. It's impossible for us 24-7 to be totally on our game. I think it's almost impossible for us to trust God in everything, to live a life that is just totally devoted to God in everything. But I do believe that it is possible for us to live a life of faith. And it is that faith that pleases God. Some of us, You know, a lot of people think that God is pleased with our good deeds. A lot of people think God is pleased because we may pray a lot or we may read our Bibles a lot. A lot of people think that God is pleased because we come to church a lot, because we volunteer a lot, we serve a lot. And God is happy with those things, but only if you're a person of faith. If you don't have faith, then God is not pleased with you. And so God is only pleased with the person who has faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is not looking for your work. He's not looking for the things that you do. He's not looking for how much of your hands you can do to His service. He's not looking for where you walk with your feet. He's not even looking for the money that's in your wallet. Contrary to popular opinion. God is looking for one thing, and that is your heart. And a heart that has been changed and transformed by the life that God gives is a a heart that will overflow with faith. And it is that faith that pleases God. You may ask today, what is faith? You hear a lot of faith. It's it's not something that you probably hear in the songs. Faith is, uh, is, is, is not even a religion. You know, I have faith because I'm in a religion. Faith isn't that. Hebrews tells us what faith is. And in Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says this. It says, faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurances about the things we cannot see. I'll read that again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us the assurance about the things we cannot see. Faith is one of the most simplest concepts to understand. And faith is basically this. It's hoping in things, it's, it's having confidence in things that we hope for, and then it's believing in things that we don't see. That's simple to understand. But yet, I believe faith is one of the hardest things that we can attain to or or do in life or have in life. Simple to understand, yet hard to attain to. So you may think, well, how does this all apply to a man called Abraham? Well, this guy, Abe, he was a man who we are told lived his life as a life of faith unto God. And because of that, God was pleased with this man. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11... And verse 8 to 10, it says this. 
It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land. That God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And it says, and so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. And it says, Abraham was confidently looking uh, to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. We see here that Abraham was a man who lived his life by faith. And because he lived his life by faith, Hebrews 11.6 tells us he was a man who pleased God because God is pleased by faith. So if this was a man who pleased God, I want to know the secrets to how this guy lived. Because I want to be someone who pleases God. And if you want to be someone who pleases God, then take careful attention to this man's life. Because this man will go down in history, and has gone down in history, as a man of faith, meaning this is a man who pleases God. So at the start of this, of this series, we're going to look at some of the highs and the lows of this guy's life. We're going to look at some of the good things that he did, some of the bad things that he did, some of the issues he had. We're going to look. At, we're going to dissect this this man's life. But for today, what I want us to do, I want us to look at the very good things that he did that was good. Some of the main points that he did that was good in his life, so that we can go out of this place today knowing that we can also be people of faith. Sorry, I'm having issues with my mic today. Hill or buzz, I apologize. So Abraham was a man who lived by faith. And the first thing that we realize, the way that this man lived by faith, was this. Abraham was a man who did not question when he was asked to leave his own little comfort zone. I call it, Abraham left his comfort town. His little town of comfort. Have you ever been there where... You've, you've lived a life where everything's just so comfortable. Everything's so nice. Everything is so good. Things are going great. And then like two weeks later, you know, things go apart. How many of you guys ever saw the film, The, uh, uh, the Truman Story? And uh, I, I really enjoy that movie. If you're not familiar with that movie, what it was, there was this guy uh, who lived in this little town. And, he, uh, 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 and, and, and basically, he was a TV show. He didn't realize it. He was born in this town, and he grew up in this town. He never left this town, but there was cameras everywhere, and all the people he interacted with each day, they were actors in this TV show, but he did not know. And everything was great. His life was wonderful, but then he suddenly started thinking, what if there was more to life than this? What if there was more to life than this little town that I live in? What if there was more to, to life than it always being sunny? And he started looking and and thinking there must be more out there than this. And suddenly through a long course of events, he realized that there was more to life. And there was somewhere out of this little town that he was in. But so often, so many of us, we love our little town that we live in. Because things are great. We're comfortable there. And Abraham was exactly the same. Abraham, in fact, was somebody who in those times, if, if he lived today, he'd be known as a millionaire. This man had his own business. He had lots of sheep. He had lots of goats. He had lots of cattle. He, I mean, he was, he was the man of the, of the town. This little town, it was called 
uh, Haran. And in a, in a Haran, Abraham was top dog. Whether he had inherited his wealth or whether he was a self-made millionaire, we're not sure. But Abraham had got to a place where he was comfortable. He had servants who looked after him. He walked around town and people did things for him. He could get a reservation at a restaurant, no problem. You know, if he wanted a favor, people would do it for him because he was top dog in this town. But yet there came a point in his life when suddenly, in the matter of a day, God spoke to him. We're not sure how God spoke to him, but all we know is that God spoke to him. And when God spoke to him, he said this. He said, Abraham, I want you to get up out of the town that you're calling comfort, and I want you to go to a town or a land that I'm going to show you where nobody knows you. And you're not going to have your family. You're not going to have your friends. You may not even have your wealth. But I'm going to take you to a land that I'm giving you. Will you go? If you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And in verse 1, and then verse also 4 to 6, it says this. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and bless you and make you famous, and there you will be a blessing to others. Then in verse 4, it says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people who had taken into account, uh, he had taken into his household in Iran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up a camp beside the oak of Moriah. At the time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. So this man, Abraham, he was told by God, get up, take all, everything that you have, and go and move to this other country. And there, you, I will show you a land, and I'm going to bless you. But the problem is, this land is not inhabited by people who may, not, who may like you. They're inhabited by foreigners, people who you may not even associate yourselves with, people who may not even speak the same language as you. But I want you to get up, and go to this place, and go to this land. And I often find that when God speaks to us, God speaks in this way. He tells us to do something, but he doesn't tell us all the facts. He tells us to do something, but he doesn't tell us all the facts. And so for this man Abraham, God told him, get up, go to another country, I'm going to bless you, but that's it. Now how many of you people who are planners would would like that if God told you to do something, but he says, mm, I'm going to not tell you the details. Pretty scary, right? I don't know about me, but uh, I don't know about Abraham, but I know with myself, if God had said that, God probably would have had to tell me like a dozen times before I'd actually got off my couch and actually thought about it. You know, there was two times in my life when, when I felt that I've stepped out in faith for God. And I kind of couldn't relate to Abraham. Because there was a point in my life, I was 25 years old, and I left my job, I left my friends, I left my family, I left my home, I left my car. Well, I was thankful to leave my car. And, uh, but, and I got on a plane, and I went to a, a foreign land. 
And when I mean by foreign land, I don't mean like Maryland, I mean Missouri. And we got to Missouri, and the people didn't speak the same language. I didn't understand them. They didn't understand me. There was a totally different way of life. Uh, they had never heard of, of like, English football. And, uh, or, and they didn't even like American football much. I mean, they were the Chiefs fans and St. Louis fans. Ah. And uh, they were just different kinds of people. So I get there, and, and I believe that God has spoken to me and told me that I need to move there. And I have this beautiful bride who's there, and, uh, and, and, and that was part of the reason I had moved. But for the first couple of years, I sat there and I thought, God, why have you got me in this place? Why have you got me here in Missouri? I'm like, I don't really relate to these people. These people are totally different. I'm like, it's like a foreign land. And God, I feel I've stepped out in faith, but things aren't going as well as I thought they were. And then, follow on a few years later, we've moved to Maryland, and we really feel, wow, this is why God caught, called me out of England to come to the United States. And then there was a time in, in here when we suddenly felt, started feeling comfortable. I started feeling like Abraham. I started feeling like I was in the land of comfort. And I was getting a decent salary. You know, we were paying our bills. Things were nice. Uh, there was a little bit of stress, but not too much. And God started unsettling us again. And in the midst of that, God started speaking to us and started saying that I want you to leave this place that you're in. And I'm going to show you something else. But he withheld all the facts. And looking back now, or two years later, I suddenly realized that God was showing us Generation Church. But we did not know the facts at the time. And those two times... God had to speak to me and deal with me for months and months and months. It wasn't just like suddenly I like read my Bible, God speaks to me, I'm like, okay, we're moving. God had to deal with me a lot. And maybe God's dealing with you on something. Maybe God is dealing with you to step out in faith on something. Whether it's a new career, a new job, maybe it's a ministry, maybe it's to give, I don't know. But maybe God is speaking to you. And he's asking you to step out in faith on something. I just tell you, go for it. Do it. You may question, you may doubt whether it's God. But if you feel God is telling you to do something, do it. Because the person who walks in faith is the person that pleases God. The person that pleases God. Abraham was a person who pleased God because he decided to step out in faith leave the place that he was, the comfort zone that he was, and go to a land that he did not even know. All he knew that God had spoken. That is what faith is all about. And I believe the difference between Abraham and so many of us. God speaks to a lot of us in many different ways. But the difference with Abraham, Abraham finally acted on what God had said. He stepped down in faith. And I believe this is why, why Abraham acted on what God said. Because Abraham had been touched by God. Abraham's life had been touched by God. And I believe it's very hard to step out in faith unless your life has been touched by God. And I know for me, those two acts of, of, of what I, I think were acts of faith in, in myself, unless God had touched my life and really changed my heart and spoken to me, then I probably wouldn't have done it. But a life that has been touched by God is a life where faith just starts to rise.
Well, let's, 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 uh, let's look on. What else did Abraham do? So Abraham's got to this foreign land. And we notice a pattern in Abraham's life. Abraham just didn't stay in one place. He didn't just go to the land of Canaan, put up his tents, and say, that's it, I've arrived. He started searching around for where God had had him. What was the place that God wanted him to go? And he started going from here and there in places. And he started seeking God and searching God. And until he was satisfied, he never settled. But the difference was with Abraham and a lot of us, a lot of us will go from place to place. And we'll question God and we'll ask God why. And we'll say, God, why have you got me here? Or why have you got me here? Why are you unsettling me? But Abraham was different. Every place that Abraham went, he set up an altar to God. He started to worship God, and he started to thank God, and he started keeping a remembrance, or like a diary, of where God had taken him. So he could look back and realize that his life was a life of faith, and that if God had touched him then, and God had had provided for him then, then God could provide for him any place in his life. In Genesis chapter 12, and verse uh, 7 to 9, it says, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, this, uh, said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord, who had appeared to him. After that, Abraham traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord. And Abraham continued traveling south by stages towards uh, Negev. And then in Genesis 13, verse 4, it said, he had traveled back to Bethel and Ai. And it says, this was the same place where Abraham had built the altar. And there he worshipped the Lord again. And then in Genesis 13, 18, it says, So Abraham moved his camp to Hebron and settled there near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. And then in Genesis 22 and verse 9, it says, When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar arranged by word on it, unto the Lord. Everywhere that Abraham went, he built an altar to the Lord. You may ask, what's an altar? Well, for Abraham, an altar meant this. It meant a place of sacrifice, a place of slaughter. And what they did in the old days, they would take a lamb and they would take one of the best lambs and they, they, would, they would kill the lamb and sacrifice it unto God. Well, if we apply it today, I'm not asking you to go out to, I don't know, the hill country, to West Virginia. Where, do they have sheep in America? I don't even know. And, uh, and, and, go, and, and go and kill a, a little lamb, and a little poor little lamb, and, uh, and, and then sacrifice it to God. But what I am saying is that as Abraham sacrificed and gave to God, and then worshipped God at every step of his journey, then so we're ordered to do that as well. I believe God is looking for people who are ready for every stage of their life to give unto God, to worship God with their life, to even sacrifice things unto God. Abraham was a man of faith. 
And what faith resulted in, faith resulted in a man worshipping God every step of his life. Every journey of his life. Just as if you go on a long journey. I think the longest car journey I ever took was from Missouri to Florida. took about 18 hours altogether. And it's amazing. I think it's almost cheaper to fly sometimes to drive. Because it feels like every five minutes you're just stopping, you're putting gas in, going to the bathroom, you're eating snacks. And it's just like non-stop. I don't know how many gas stations we must have stopped at 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 this long journey that we took. And in the same way, as if you're on a long journey and a car needs to be refilled, so you also, on this journey that we call life, as you go from different stage to different stage, you need to stop, you need to fill up. And the way that we fill up is by giving worship unto God, to build in our own altar unto God, whatever that may mean for you. Abraham was a man who built altars unto God. And I believe this is the life that God wants for us. And then finally, the last lesson that we can get from from Abraham's faith is this. The person of faith, or the person who walks in faith like Abraham, is a person who is blessed of God. They're blessed of God. In Genesis chapter 12, and verse 2 to 3, it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham received a promise from God. And God says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And not just you, I'm going to bless the people around you. I'm going to make you a blessing to people all throughout this world. And I believe that God is a God who blesses people of faith. Now when I talk about blessings, I'm not talking about if you sneeze and someone says, God bless you. I'm not talking about, you know, if you go to uh, maybe your future father-in-law and ask him for permission to marry his daughter. And he says, I give you my blessing. I'm not talking about a blessing like that. I'm not talking about uh, even a blessing that a priest may give you, like, I bless you, my child. What I'm talking about is a different kind of blessing. And this is a blessing that God gives. And a blessing that God gives is a blessing that will make be able to put you in places that nobody else would be able to put you in. He will give you things that nobody else would be able to give you. You will experience things that nobody else will be able to experience. You won't be able to buy it. You won't be able to earn it. You won't be able to learn it. God blesses people of faith. And when God blesses you, He is able to put you in places and give you experiences nobody else can give you. And we're going to look from this man, this this man Abraham, exactly where the places that God put him in, that nobody else could put him in. 
the, the ways that God blessed him. And just very quickly, this is how God blessed him. Firstly, God says, I will make you great. He uses the word, I will make you famous. Now, I'm not saying if you walk in faith, you're going to become famous. I'm not saying you're going to be on People magazine or something like that. But what I am saying, if you are a person who walks in faith, then you are a person who will look back on their life, or in years to come, people will look back on your life, and they will say that you are a great person. I believe faith results in greatness. Now, the life of faith doesn't always seem great. In fact, the life of faith sometimes seems like hard and pointless. But the people who walk in faith, there is no doubt, when their funeral comes, people look at them and say, that was somebody who was a great person. They weren't a bad person. They weren't a nasty person. That was somebody who was a great person. And I don't know about you, but I know on my tombstone, I don't know if you, we, we don't even have tombstones anymore, do we? Like little plaques on the ground. My little plaque on the ground, I wanted to say, Alex, who lived a great life and who was a great person. And I believe that living a life of faith will result in somebody to become great. And you may feel inadequate. You may feel like you're nobody. But if you are somebody who walks in faith, then people are going to look back on your life and realize that you are a great person. Some of the greatest men who have gone down in history and some of the greatest women who have gone down in history were people who when they lived their lives, they felt depressed, they felt down, they felt inadequate, they felt they were making no difference. But in centuries gone by, we've looked back on their lives and we realized they were great people. That is what God promises to the people who live a life of faith. Not only that, but if you live a life of faith, I believe that you will be a blessing to others. He told Abraham, I will bless others because of you. And I believe this journey of faith or this life of faith not only blesses you, not only blesses your life, but it also causes blessings to people who are around you. You will be a joy to be around. You'll bring peace into situations where there was no peace. You'll bring comfort. You'll bring love. You'll bring life. You'll bring warmth. And I believe the people who live a life of faith, when they walk into a room, they transform that room. A room that could have been cold. A room that could have been like everybody miserable and down and depressed. When the person of faith walks in, suddenly it lifts that room. Because not only does God bless you, but you bless others. Abraham was a man who when he met other people, people were blessed because he was a man of faith. Also, we see that when God blesses you, we also see that these blessings make it so that when people treat you well, God will treat them well. When people treat you badly, God kind of steps back. And just lets whatever happens. I believe that there is something unique about somebody who lives a life of faith. And that is that God blesses those who bless you. I'm a big believer in blessing people. In helping people. In giving to people. Not because, and I'll be a little selfish here. Not because they're always great people. Because I know when I bless others, God blesses me. 
And I know that the person of faith, when they are treated well, God blesses those people who treat them well. But when they're treated badly, God kind of turns around, may even curse them. I don't know. And so for you, if you are a person who lives a life of faith, then those people who treat you well will be blessed. Those people who treat you badly, God, unfortunately, will not bless them. And then finally, the person of faith. This is a promise of the person of faith. Not only will you be blessed, not only will others be blessed, not only the people who treat you well be blessed, but generations after you will be blessed. He says that the families of the earth will be blessed. One thing about families I love, families mean generations coming together. There's grandparents and parents and there's kids. And if God blesses you and the people around you, then God is also going to bless your kids. And your kids will be a blessing to those around them. And it's like one big cycle that when God blesses somebody of faith, then their household is blessed. Their family's blessed. Their kids are blessed. That is what living a life of faith results in. God blesses you and these are the blessings. So often we talk about blessings as financial blessings. But I believe the blessings of God are so much more, so much greater than all the treasures of this world. And some of the most blessed people are sometimes the poorest people. I remember going to India in 2000 and seeing the poorest of the poor. And I looked at these people, they were poor, but yet they just seemed so blessed. They kind of had their lives all together. And I looked at some of these people, they were people of faith who had given up everything for God, but yet they just had such a smile on their face. And I looked at them, I thought, if only I could have just an ounce of the joy that they have in their lives. So much more than the treasures that this world can offer. And I believe that when you're blessed, God affect, the blessings affect your family. They affect your household. They affect the places that you walk and the places that you travel. They uh, uh, affect your workplaces. They affect your friends. And I believe the blessings of God, they open doors that nobody can, nobody else can open. They also shut doors that nobody can reopen. The blessings of God, I believe, is a way of life. It's a life of living a life of faith. I believe that this way of life, it creates peace. It creates love. It creates kindness. It creates favor with people that you have met and those you are yet to meet. This is what the life of faith results in. And this man, Abraham, was a man who walked in faith and was a man who was blessed because of his faith. Why? Because God was pleased with Abraham. So today, as we take a quick look, we've taken a quick look at this man. This man of faith. This man who worshipped God and built altars wherever he went. A man who was blessed. I want to challenge you. Are you a person of faith? Not a person of religion. Not a person of Christianity. Are you a person who has faith? Remember, faith is having confidence in things that we hope for and believing in the things that we do not see. Are you a person of faith? Do you have the type of faith that hopes for all that God has to offer. Do you have the type of faith 
that believes in a God that you do not see. This is what being a person of faith is all about. Abraham was a man like this. He hoped. He expected. He couldn't see. But he believed in God. And God touched him. And God blessed him. And I believe for the Christian, faith is not an option. Faith is essential. And if you want to bring pleasure to your God, and please your Creator, then a life that is marked by faith is the only way. Do you have faith? Let's pray.